Hello, everyone, and welcome to Third Eye with Lorelai. I'm your host, Lorelai, where we talk all things metaphysics. Hello, Lightworkers, and welcome back to another episode of Third Eye with Lorelai. Thank you so much for tuning in again to talk with me. Well, really, I'm just I'm just talking at you guys, but that's cool. I don't mind talking at you. I did a kind of an unthinkable thing, you guys, this week. I went out and I bought myself some Nutella, and that is a very dangerous thing for me because I can't stop eating it. <laughs> Up. It's a problem. <laughs> it's just staring at me in the cupboard, and I just I can't stop eating it. <laughs> so I'm gonna be working real hard to ration that off over the week, and hopefully I can make it last. Anyway, <laughs> I hope you guys had a really good May Day. I hope you guys had a really beautiful fire and fertility festival at your house. Hopefully you got some good intentions made. I know I made some awesome essential oils and a Florida water, all from Beltane flowers and blessed it with the fires of Beltane. So I hope you guys did something cool, even if it was just maybe having a glass of wine and celebrating the coming summer. Yeah, I had a lot of really cool stuff happen this week. I got to visit with my friend Cindy, and she did an incredible Reiki session. And she asked me some really amazing questions and thusly inspired the topic of the week. So thank you so much for that, Cindy. And also, I had spoken with Freddie Whoever, and she had asked me a question about getting rid of darker energies. And so I think her and Cindy's questions combined kind of compiled my topic for the week. But anyhow, let's scale it back to talking about the crystals of the week. So let's talk about Jade and Lapis Lazuli. And we will start it off with Crystals for Beginner by Karen Fraser. And what she says is Jade has been used since ancient times, often carved into jewelry or other artifacts Most people recognize green jade, however, it may also be white or orange because it has been popular for so many centuries and is of value in many cultures. There are plenty of manufactured or dyed jade objects. Check for irregularities in color, particularly under magnification, to determine its authenticity. If there are irregularities, it is probably real jade. I also wanted to shout out to one of the healers that I spoke with in San Diego. He mentioned on my page that actually amber also you have to really make sure that it's real amber and i'll have to double check on how you do that but he did say that it's very easy to get counterfeit amber so i appreciate that healer from san diego whom i don't really know if you want me to say your name so i'm just going to call you healer from san diego he's an incredible dude anyway so moving on with jade it originates in china middle east russia and the united states It comes in natural, tumbled, polished, and carved shapes. 
It absorbs energy. It comes in colors of black, blue, gray, green, which is most common, orange, purple, red, white, and yellow. Its chakras are red, black, or gray, which is associated with the root, orange for sacral, yellow for the solar plexus, blue for the throat, green for the heart, purple for the third eye, and white for the crown. So basically, you can have a piece of jade for every single chakra. (laughs) The placement of jade is on any of the corresponding chakras as jewelry or in a pocket. Jade helps with protection, safe travel, easing guilt, interrupting negative thought patterns, reducing excessive thirst for power, strengthening life force energies, and increasing trust, promoting love of all kinds. Jade works well with all colors of jade and clear quartz and malachite. Jade may contain asbestos, so it's best to wash your hands after handling. So that's what Karen Fraser has to say about Jade. Now let's move on to what Judy Hall from the Crystal Bible has to say about Jade. And she says it comes in colors of green, orange, brown, blue, blue, green, cream, lavender, red, and white. It comes as a translucent, which is known as jadeite, or creamy, known as nephrite, somewhat soapy feel, and it comes in all sizes. Most colors are available, but some are rare. Nephrite is more easily obtained than jadeite. It's sourced out of the United States, China, Italy, Myanmar, Russia, and the Middle East. Jade is a symbol of purity and serenity. Much prized in the East, it signifies wisdom gathered in tranquility. Jade is associated with the heart chakra and increases love and nurturing. It is a protective stone, which keeps the wearer from harm and brings harmony. It is believed to attract good luck and friendship. Psychologically, jade stabilizes the personality and integrates the mind with the body. It promotes self-sufficiency. Mentally, jade releases negative thoughts and soothes the mind. It stimulates ideas and makes tasks less complex so that they can be acted upon immediately. Emotionally, jade is a dream stone. Placed on the forehead, it brings insightful dreams. It aids emotional release, especially of irritability. Spiritually, jade encourages you to become who you really are. It assists in recognizing yourself as a spiritual being on a human journey and awakens hidden knowledge. Physically, jade is a cleansing stone, adding, aiding the body's filtration and elimination organs. It is the stone par excellence for the kidneys. Jadeite and nephrite have the same healing properties, but individual colors have specific attributes. Jade treats the kidneys and supraadrenal glands, removes toxins, rebinds cellular and skeletal systems, and heals stitches. It assists fertility and childbirth. It works on the hips and spleen. Jade balances the fluids within the body and the water-salt-acid-alkaline ratios. To position, place, or wear as appropriate. The Chinese believe that holding jade transfers its virtues into the body. In addition to the generic attributes, the following colors have additional properties. So blue or blue-green jade symbolizes peace and reflection. It brings inner serenity and patience. It is a stone for slow but steady progress. It helps people who feel overwhelmed by situations beyond their control. 
brown jade is strongly grounding. It connects to the earth and brings comfort and reliability. It aids in adjusting to a new environment. So this might be a really good stone for somebody who might be moving into a new house, like as a housewarming gift. Green jade is the most common jade. It calms the nervous system and channels passion in constructive ways. Green jade can be used to harmonize dysfunctional relationships. Lavender jade alleviates emotional hurt and trauma and bestows inner peace. It teaches subtlety and restraint in emotional matters and sets clear boundaries. Orange jade is energetic and quietly stimulating. It brings joy and teaches the interconnectedness of all beings. Red jade is the most passionate and stimulating jade. It is associated with love and letting off steam. It accesses anger, releasing tension in such a way that it can be constructive. White jade directs energy in the most constructive way. It filters distractions, emphasizing the best possible result and aids decision-making as it pulls in relevant information. And then there's yellow jade. And yellow jade is energetic and stimulating, but with a mellowness to it, bringing joy and happiness. It teaches the interconnectedness of all beings. It aids the digestive and elimination systems of the body. So that is jade. So why don't we move on to lapis lazuli? And we will start with Crystal for Beginners book and what Karen Frazier has to say about lapis lazuli. And what she says is lapis lazuli isn't technically a crystal because it doesn't have a crystalline structure. Rather, it is a metamorphic rock. However, it has been prized for centuries as a semi-precious stone having magical powers. It adorns many antiquities, including the sarcophagus of King Tut. It originates in Chile, Egypt, Middle East, and the United States. It comes in shapes of natural, tumbled, polished, and carved. It absorbs energy, and its colors are blue with white or gold streaks. It resonates with the throat chakra. To place, you want it on the throat chakra as a necklace or earrings. It helps with communication of all types, particularly written communication, learning, encountering, or encouraging honesty in speaking one's truth, bringing harmony, improving performance. It works well with clear quartz. A good usage tip is lapis lazuli is a performer stone. Wear it for auditions or public speaking engagements to help facilitate a better performance. Now I feel kind of bad because I gifted a, a, a stone to my sister-in-law who's an actress and it wasn't lapis lazuli. I feel like maybe I should have gotten you lapis lazuli, Sarah. I'm so sorry. <laughs> maybe next time. Maybe, maybe for Christmas. <laughs> anyway. So let's move on to what Miss Judy Hall has to say of Lapis Lazuli from the Crystal Bible book. And it comes in colors of deep blue flecked with gold. It's dense veined and Lapis Lazuli looks like the night sky. It comes in all sizes and sometimes tumbled. It's easily obtained, but expensive. It comes from Russia, Afghanistan, Chile, Italy, United States, Egypt, and the Middle East. Lapis lazuli opens the third eye and balances the throat chakra. It stimulates enlightenment and enhances dream work and psychic abilities, facilitating spiritual journeying and stimulating personal and spiritual power. This stone quickly releases stress, bringing deep peace. It possesses enormous serenity and is the key to spiritual attainment. 
Now, it sounds like we should all have a little bit of lapis lazuli in our life, just off of that very first paragraph. <laughs> so, lapis lazuli is a protective stone that contacts spiritual guardians. This stone recognizes psychic attack, blocks it, and returns the energy to its source. It teaches the power of the spoken word and can reverse curses or dis-ease caused by not speaking out in the past. The stone harmonizes the physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual levels. Imbalances between these levels can result in depression, dis-ease, and lack of purpose. In balance, the harmony brings deep inner self-knowledge. Lapis Lazuli encourages taking charge of life. It reveals inner truth, encourages self-awareness, and allows self-expression without holding back or compromising. If repressed anger is causing difficulties in the throat or in communication, Lapis Lazuli releases these. This stone brings the enduring qualities of honesty, compassion, and uprightness to the personality. Lapis Lazuli is a powerful thought amplifier. It stimulates the higher faculties of the mind, bringing objectivity and clarity. It encourages creativity through attunement to the source. Lapis Lazuli helps you to confront truth, wherever you find it, and to accept what it teaches. It aids in expressing your own opinions and harmonizes conflict. It teaches the value of active listening. Lapis Lazuli bonds relationships in love and friendship and aids expressing feelings and emotions. It dissolves martyrdom, cruelty, and suffering. As a gem essence, it dissolves emotional bondage. Lapis Lazuli alleviates pain, especially that of migraine headaches. It overcomes depression, benefits the respiratory and nervous system and the throat, larynx, and thyroid, cleanses organs, bone marrow, thymus, and the immune system. Lapis Lazuli overcomes hearing loss, purifies blood, and boosts the immune system. It alleviates insomnia and vertigo and lowers blood pressure. To position correctly, you want to wear or place at the throat or third eye. Lapis lazuli should be positioned above the diaphragm, anywhere between the sternum and the top of the head. And that is it for lapis lazuli. That went pretty quick. I'm still under 15 minutes, guys. We're making good time. <laughs> so the quote of the week is by Zieg Ziegler. And it says, life is an echo. What you send out comes back. What you sow, you reap. What you give, you get. What you see in others exists in you. And now let's talk about the topic of the week. So when I went to go visit my friend Cindy, she had mentioned being in situations where she feels like she's being bombarded by other people's energies and how she can come about alleviating some of that that overwhelm, that anxiety and stress that you get whenever you're around other people's energies, that could be a little much. And Frenny, whoever had mentioned to me about getting rid of more malevolent type negativity that may be on you or in your space. And I know that we had talked about space clearing, but there are other things that you can do to alleviate some of that negativity in your home by utilizing a few different tools and also the use of another light worker is generally very, very helpful for this. But let's go to the beginning. So protecting your energy field. So the first thing that you want to do is you want to be able to identify your own 
energy. And I know that sounds kind of silly, but at the same time, how do you know what your energy feels like? And one way that you can do this is if you're meditating, one thing that you can try doing is start rubbing your hands together. You just go slowly and then you start speeding up and then stop and let your hands be just maybe an inch or so apart from each other and just start to feel what it feels like in that tiny space in between your hands. And you can kind of inch your hands apart and just kind of feel what that space feels like. Does it feel tingly? Does it feel warm? Does it feel cold? There are so many things that you could be feeling, but that is your energy signature. And to other people, it could feel very, very different. Hopefully it's good. I imagine it's probably really good. If you're listening to this podcast, I imagine you're all lightworkers and you're empaths in some way, shape, or form. So mostly you're probably going to have some good energy. (laughs) Fingers crossed anyway. So the other thing is discerning when you are feeling the energy around you or feeling the emotions of one or others you're spiritually connected to. So one thing that I notice is that when I'm around people that maybe just let's say I'm around people that are co-workers, I recognize some of their energy just because I'm familiar with them. I know them. I have an idea of what their energy is like, and I can kind of get myself ready for certain coworkers' energies. And then some others, I don't feel like I have to because I feel like, you know, I they're a little bit easier for me to be around. And I'm sure this is the exact same way with every person that either has a job or goes somewhere where they have to be around other people. And you just want to get used to what it feels like when you are in a space with somebody that you know versus somebody you don't know and how that affects your own personal energy and how it affects your emotions ideally and you want to be able to understand especially when you're experiencing the emotions of the person that you're with in that room and even if it's if it's one person generally you can put up your own spiritual boundaries and your energetic boundaries and it will make a difference. But sometimes you need to put in a little bit more work if you're going somewhere like a party or an event. Now, granted, we're probably not doing a whole lot of that right now because we're all still kind of inside. But I believe that things are going to start shifting into back to where things are. You were able to be around one another once again. So it's so important for us to kind of learn how to actually set up some of these boundaries. And you want to understand how to set up loving boundaries without distancing yourself, unless that's absolutely necessary. So there's one thing that I do. And then I also wanted to talk to you guys about an article that I read, which was really great, written by Dr. Judith Orloff. So what I usually do is when I know that I'm going somewhere where I'm going to be kind of bombarded by other people's energies. And I actually got this little tidbit from my friend down in San Diego, who is a light worker down there and a healer, and he's great. One of the things that you can do is you can take your index finger of your right hand and you just make little counterclockwise circles and you can do as many as you like, but generally you just do one with each 
little thing that you say. And the saying is, I surround myself with golden white light. And that's one circle. I like to say it three times because I feel like that's a really powerful number. And I feel there's a lot of power when you say things three times. So if you say, I surround myself in golden white light and you make the little circle with your finger, it manifests this spiritual boundary or this energetic boundary that is necessary for you to protect your own energy and keep you from getting too overwhelmed. That doesn't mean that you can't, but for the most part, it will keep you pretty protected. But if you do end up getting overwhelmed regardless, there are also things that you can do. And this is where I'm going to look into this article. So this is in psychologytoday.com. And this article is called Tips for Sensitive People to Protect Their Energy by Judith Orloff, MD. And she says, Sensitive people or empaths have an ability to be emotional sponges that can heighten when they're at a social event, around coworkers, or in crowds. If empaths are around peace and love, their bodies assimilate these and flourish. Negativity, though, often feels assaultive or exhausting. For empaths to fully enjoy being around others, they must learn to protect their sensitivity and find balance. Since I'm an empath, I want to help them cultivate this capacity and be comfortable with it. So here are the six strategies to help you manage your sensitivity more effectively and stay centered without absorbing negative energy. The first one she mentions is move away. When possible, distance yourself by at least 20 feet from the suspected source. If you feel relief, don't err on the side of not wanting to offend anyone. At the gathering, try not to sit next to the identified energy vampire. Physical closeness increases empathy. Now that's actually a real thing, an energy vampire. And I know that sounds kind of scary in a bit away, but (laughs) actually there are people that just literally take your energy and then don't reciprocate. And that's what basically the definition of an energy vampire is, is they just, they suck it out of you and then they don't give any back and then you're just left feeling completely drained and depressed and depleted. And those are the people that you generally want to make those loving boundaries (laughs) from. So that's an energy vampire. So usually you don't want to be too physically close with them because physical closeness increases empathy. Surrender to your breath. That's the second one. If you suspect you are picking up someone else's negativity, concentrate on your breath for a few minutes. In contrast, holding your breath keeps negativity lodged in your body. To purify fear and pain, exhale stress and inhale calm. Picture unwholesome emotions as a gray fog lifting from your body and wellness as a clear light entering it. This can produce quick results. The third is practice gorilla meditation. Be sure to meditate before the gathering, centering yourself, feeling your heart, getting strong. If you counter emotional or physical distress with while at an event, act fast and meditate for a few minutes. You can do this by taking refuge in the bathroom or an empty room. If it's public, close the stall, meditate there, calm yourself, focus on positivity and love. This has saved me many times at social functions where I feel depleted by others. The fourth is set healthy limits and boundaries. Control how much time you spend listening to stressful people and learn to say no. 
set clear limits and boundaries with people, nicely cutting them off at the pass if they get critical or mean. Remember, no is a complete sentence. Visualize protection around you. Research has shown that visualization is a healing mind-body technique, a practical form of protection many people use, including healthcare practitioners with difficult patients, involves visualizing an envelope of white light around your entire body, or with extremely toxic people, visualize a fierce black jaguar patrolling and protecting you. You could even utilize your spirit guide as something that's fierce, that's patrolling and orbiting around your body and protecting you as well. The sixth is define and honor your empathic needs. Safeguard your sensitivities. In a calm, collected moment, make a list of your top five most emotionally rattling situations. Then formulate a plan for handling them so you don't fumble in the moment. Here are some practical examples of what to do in situations that predictably stymie empaths. If someone asks too much of you, politely tell them, no. It's not necessary to explain why, as the saying goes, no is a complete sentence. If your comfort level is three hours max for socializing, even if you adore the people, take your own car or have an alternate transportation plan so you're not stranded. If crowds are overwhelming, eat a high protein meal beforehand, this grounds you, and sit in the far corner of, say, a theater or party, not dead center. Some empaths are highly sensitive to scents, If you're overwhelmed, stand near a window or take frequent breaks to catch a breath of fresh air outdoors. If all else fails and you absorb stress or negativity while at a gathering, when you get home, bathe or shower. My bath is a sanctuary after a busy day. It washes away everything from bus exhaust to long hours of air travel to pesky symptoms I have taken on from others. Soaking in natural mineral springs divinely purifies all that ails. And this is particularly true for quite a few different cultures. Native Americans call it going to the water. Some tribes do. In Celtic cultures, they call it a cleansing bath. And all you need to do is put some essential oils in the water. It's usually really good if you put some Epsom salt in it as well. You can put some crystals that are good for cleansing, like clear quartz. You can put rose quartz in there. Anything that really helps you clear out the negativity kyanite, you can use black tourmaline, and you just soak in it. It's almost like a baptism in a way, and you can just duck your head under, and when you come back out, just breathe in all the positivity and let everything that has happened to you in that day, everything that you may be holding on to you, just let it go. And it's really, really powerful. Totally agree with you there, Dr. Orloff. Thumbs up. Anyhow, so that's pretty much that for that article. And the other thing is how to break free of non-self energies that aren't serving you or are recognized if the energy is malevolent. So like I was saying with the clearing bath, that's one really good way of doing it. You can also utilize what we've talked about earlier with smudging and you can use really powerful stones like black tourmaline you can use kyanite you can use clear quartz garnet and you can use malachite selenite all those are very very protective and they're good for clearing out any negative energies that are in your space 
You can use Palo Santo wood for smudging as well. Also, you can use Florida water. And I know I talked about that in one of the past episodes. And it's basically a mixture of vodka and lavender, citrus, and um, a couple of other really awesome herbs that you can put in there and essential oils. And it's, and I even put some black stones in there, usually kyanite or black tourmaline or onyx, and just to give it a real good infusion of negative energy warding off goodness. (laughs) And you use that and you just, you spray the areas after you've smudged. If you feel like that negativity is still there, it would be more powerful or more prudent to institute the help of an additional light worker. In this case, somebody that is good about house clearing or maybe is a medium that can sense those energies and can communicate with it to to pass it to leave. That is particularly powerful in situations where you feel like there's a very particularly negative energy that is attached to your to your space. If it's attached to you, you would also probably need somebody else to help you, a healer or another medium that is a healer that would be able to help get this energy detached from you. Now, this is very this is circumstances that are pretty dire so if this is happening to you i would suggest maybe sending me an email or personal message me and maybe we can hook you up with like some good people to get some of that stuff cleared away for you because sometimes there's only so much smudging and florida water that is going to get rid of whatever things may be attached to you or your home and we want you to find your your peace and your positivity and move forward in love and light and not have to worry about negative things attached to you so one thing I do is I usually spray myself with the Florida water and no I'm not doing this because there's a crap load of vodka in it I'm doing it because I want to feel positive I promise so I usually put it right at my back and on my shoulders and then I just walk through a brief mist of it just to kind of give myself a nice clearing out after I've smudged everything just to kind of seal all the goodness in, if you will. So that's pretty much that's pretty much it for this week's topic. I did want to do one more thing because we have a really special holiday coming up, and it's Mother's Day. And I know we all love our moms. They are absolutely incredible people. And for some of us, we're very lucky that we get to share this time with them. And some of us, we don't have our moms anymore. And I found this really exceptional ritual that I think would be really meaningful for you if you wanted to celebrate the women that are in your life that are really meaningful. And I found this on learnreligions.com forward slash honor the sacred feminine with a goddess ritual. This is written by Patty Wingington. And she says, this simple ritual can be performed by both men and women and is designed to honor the feminine aspects of the universe as well as our female ancestors. If you have a particular deity to call upon, feel free to change names or attributes around where needed. Otherwise, you can use the all-encompassing name of goddess in the rite. You can also do this as a group or you can do this by yourself. Either way, it is incredibly meaningful. 
So you will need a white candle, an offering of something that's important to you, a bowl of water, a handful of small pebbles or stones. I think some flowers that may be around you would be really, really meaningful as well. And if your tradition calls for you to cast a circle, you want to do that. And you want to do that first. To begin, you want to begin by standing in a goddess stance. This is a stance in which the feet are spread apart about shoulder width and the arms raised up to the sky and speak clearly. And you want to say this. Now, I'm going to begin saying everything and I'm going to use my name. But where you hear my name is where you want to speak your name. And this is what you'll say. I am Lorelei, and I stand before you, goddesses of the sky and earth and sea. I honor you, for your blood runs through my veins. One woman standing on the edge of the universe. Tonight I make an offering in your names, and my thanks for all you have given me. And then you'll light a candle, place your offering before it on the altar. The offering may be something tangible, such as bread or wine or flowers. It can also be something symbolic, such as a gift of your time or dedication. Whatever it is, it should be something from your heart. You may want to read up on different offerings if you need a little help, but for the most part, it's just something that's meaningful to you. Once you've made your offering, it's time to call upon the goddesses by name. And in this point, you could utilize whichever one that speaks to you most. I'll just name off a list of them. I am Lorelei, and I stand before you. Isis, Ishtar, Tiamat, Inanna, Shakti, Sibyl, Mary, mothers of the ancient people, guardians of those who walked the earth thousands of years ago. I offer you this as a way of showing my gratitude. Your strength has flowed within me. Your wisdom has given me knowledge. Your inspiration has given birth to harmony in my soul. Now it's time to honor the many women who have touched your life. For each one, place a pebble or a flower into the bowl of water. As you do so, say each woman's name and how she has impacted you. You may say something like this. I'm just going to use the names that are put on here, by the way. And it says, I am Lorelei, and I stand before you to honor the sacred feminine that has touched my heart. I honor Susan, who gave birth to me and raised me to be strong. I honor Maggie, my grandmother, whose strength took her to the hospitals of war-torn France. I honor Kathleen, my aunt, who lost her courageous battle with cancer. I honor Jennifer, my sister, who has raised three children alone. Continue until you have placed a pebble or flower in the water for each of these women. Reserve one flower or pebble for yourself and finish by saying, I am Lorelei and I honor myself for my strength, my creativity, my knowledge, my inspiration, and for all the other remarkable things that make me who I am. To wrap it up, take a few minutes and reflect on the sacred feminine. What is it about being a woman that gives you joy? If you're a man performing this ritual, what is it about the women in your life that make you love them? Meditate on the feminine energy of the universe for a while, and when you are ready, end the ritual. Also, remember that this ritual can be adapted for a group easily. With a little planning, it can become a beautiful ceremony for a number of people. Consider doing it as a part of a women's circle in which each member honors the other as part of the rite. Okay, so that pretty much covers the topic for this week with a little extra at the end. I couldn't help it. It was so pretty. I really thought that that was super meaningful and I really hope you guys get something out of it too, especially with Mother's Day coming up. Why not honor our moms and the important women that are in our lives? 
So anyway, I hope that this was really helpful for you. I hope that you guys are able to figure out how to recognize your own energy signatures and how to protect yourself a little bit more meaningfully. And especially with things starting to begin to ease up and open up, hopefully we'll be able to be more mindful about our own energy and our own time and realize how incredibly important and meaningful these things are to ourselves and taking care of ourselves before anything else. And I hope that you guys have an absolutely beautiful rest of your week and that you enjoy the weekend and Mother's Day. And I really look forward to talking to you guys again next week. But until then, love and light to every single one of you. And I look forward to talking to you again soon. If you find yourself interested in receiving an intuitive tarot reading, contact me at 3rdeyelorelei at gmail.com or you can message me on my Instagram at 3rd.eye.with.lorelei or on Facebook at Third Eye with Lorelei Podcast to set up a reading. I can do Zoom or we can meet in person as long as we are wearing those face masks and practicing social distancing just to be safe. As always, love and light to you all, and I look forward to reading you soon.